Gossip at the Corpse Cart contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to yet another installment of gossip at the corpse cart where mm-hmm. the wide and crime gals well probably firstly this month just bitch generally about mm-hmm. every gestures vaguely around us accurate <laughs> yeah this is what the sixth covid gossip at the corpse cart episode <sighs> I don't well, know. I it's been year. It's been many, many years. Many mm-hmm. moons. <laughs> and if I sound weird, it's because none of my audio works, and I don't have internet, and I also forgot to put on deodorant today. So that I does smell, make you sound weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. smell bad, and I repel technology. Yeah, Amanda okay. smell ha- repel. Amanda's been having. <laughs> A day, a folks. big old day. I passed my August technology curse on to Amanda yeah. for September. Right. I'm so sorry. It's my Can't, own personal derecho. Can't wait for October <laughs> for Yay! it to hit me. I feel like you had a July though. Oh yeah, I did. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, everyone's struggling. Let's try to let's try to get our minds off of it with some weird kind of pop culture. You know, fake news. Yes, let's. Current events. Funny headlines, man. Uh Yeah. And if you come across some funny headlines, just go to our website's contact page, so wineandcrimepodcast.com. And uh, on the contact page, there's a drop-down menu where you can put the subject matter of your email, and that really helps us out. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So Amanda takes the funny headlines. Kenyon takes the uh, Coven Confessions, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Your Darkest Secret, the worst thing you've ever done. Right. Mm -hmm. Our favorite game. And Mm -hmm. uh, anything to do with like human decomposition or obituaries, just shoot them my way. Anything that relates to being a coroner will go in. Morbidity in general. Yeah. Lucy's coroner coroner. I love it. The dark shit. Yeah. Yep. 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 So let's uh, kick it off with some crazy headlines from Amanda. Oh, I! it is my pleasure to take <laughs> pleasure on... Pleasure du jour. Ple, it is my pleasure to take on this segment today. Um, I'm going to kick it off with, you know, a, a situation that I feel like we all find ourselves in from time to time. Um, and that is this headline, quote... Dead body found alongside Georgia railroad tracks turns out to be sex doll. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's never a mannequin, but it's it, sometimes a I'm, sex doll. Sometimes it's sex. This just reminded me of this is like the porn version of when I covered this a while back on GAC, but like a lady in Minnesota called 911 because she was worried about a guy standing outside in the winter without a coat on, and it was just a cardboard cutout of the My Pillow guy. <laughs> <The> My Pillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
He hasn't moved in hours. I just, I'm, I'm just worried about him. I think he's going to freeze to death. He Zach's, doesn't even have a scarf. Zach's mm. grandma has a life-size cardboard cutout of uh, Bruce Willis, Die Hard. Yeah. It's my Willis favorite thing. In her den. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's her security system. Have you system. asked her to leave it to you or Amanda in her will? Yes. Uh, sorry, Amanda. That yeah. is definitely mine. I know. And, it's been claimed. Uh, it yes. goes to me after you two die. Yes. I'm like its godparent. Yes. Yeah. If something happens to me and Zach. <laughs> yep. I take responsibility. Yeah. You're Bruce Not for your children, but for Bruce Willis. Yes. Um, but the thing that makes this case <laughs> the best is that it was actually Georgia- police that thought they found a dead body alongside <laughs> railroad tracks and oddly did not realize it was actually a sex doll until the coroner showed up. Come on. What? So defund Come police, on. clearly. Was it like buried? I, I mean, we're about to find out. So Liberty <laughs> County Sheriff's Office authorities believe the lifelike doll was placed there as a setup for police. Oh Detective God. Mike <laughs> Albritton found the fully dressed, quote unquote, body in Allenhurst near Dunleavy Road around 2 p.m. Tuesday. By policy, law enforcement officers aren't allowed to touch a deceased person until the coroner arrives. So they placed a sheet over it and waited, according they to the They couldn't eyeball it and tell? That's what I'm saying. They never look that lifelike. And with no. the gaping mouth open. Yeah, was it the circular mouth. Right. I mean, come on. That's what makes me think it must have... That's... Once the coroner arrived, detectives began to check for injuries and instantly realized that the body was, in fact, a sex doll. (laughs) At least the coroner realized. Mm -hmm. Jesus. The fully dressed, anatomically correct doll had realistic skin and features, authorities told the outlet. Not that realistic. There's no No. fucking way. They're never that realistic. No. Al Britton told the station he'd never encountered anything so bizarre during his time on the force. <laughs> so maybe more than two hours of training would be a, would be a nice update to that. Um, uh, speaking of movements like defund the police, this next headline is a movement I know I can really get behind. Here we go. A bowel movement. Well, okay. Other than that, but I get super behind those. (laughs) Nebraska man pleads with lawmakers to rename boneless wings. Yes, I watched this. Did he come across a bone in a boneless wing? No. No, he just does not like that we call them boneless chicken wings. A Nebraska man urged his local city council to ban the term boneless chicken wings and replace it with terms like saucy nugs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? It's real. I really, I just did not see where this, Man was going with Y'all, this. It's I, it's real. Not, I, I will put the link to this because there's video of him like addressing the Passionately. government. Oh yes. Yep. In a comically passionate plea for culinary accuracy, footage from the meeting shows. <laughs> in a scene that could be plucked from an episode of Parks and Recreation, Andre Christensen yes. makes the case to Lincoln lawmakers that quote, we've been living a lie when it comes to poultry. <laughs> 
quote, oh, I propose man. we as a city remove the term boneless chicken wings from our menus and from our hearts, Christensen <laughs> tells the council. <laughs> quote, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless, he squawked. <laughs> he squawked. Oh, low blow. We would be disgusted if a butcher mislabeled his meat, but then we go around pretending the breast of the chicken is its wing. <laughs> I love this man. This man is passionate. In the spicy speech, Christensen proposed other terms for the classic bar snack, including buffalo-style chicken tenders, wet tenders, Ew. or oh. wet-ass tenders, what, or, <laughs> or saucy nugs. At, at one point, when a member of the audience burst into laughter, <laughs> Christian fired back, excuse me. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love this man. He said his feathers were ruffled after visiting local restaurants and seeing people using the flawed descriptive term. <laughs> Quote, I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around pretending everything is just fine, he said. I didn't order boneless tacos or boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. What? what? <laughs> I don't know. You're losing the thread, my man. We were all we behind us. you. I know. You lost us. We've been living a lie far too long, and we know it because we feel it in our bones. Oh, oh wow. In our breasts. Yep. So I'm I'm wishing Anders all the best. Is all the breasts. This man single. I have to believe so. <laughs> but... I'm confident that he is. (laughs) Keep us abreast of the situation. (laughs) Oh, my God. I took a sip and he made me laugh and I I sprayed. (laughs) I wept. (laughs) Okay, this next one. I mean, you know I, like, can't do a gack without some sort of, like, reptile. Yep, this got to be an animal, and wet tenders doesn't count. Does not count. <laughs> okay, this is an article from Newsweek. 2,200-pound <clears throat> croc once ate three schoolgirls, yeah. now changed ah. by marriage. Oh! <laughs> Did he marry the dolphin guy from my Florida story? Absolutely. Oh my god, I wish. That would have been a match made in blowhole heaven. <laughs> um, the composed demeanor of the enormous crocodile sunning himself inside his enclosure with his wives doesn't give away that Big Daddy, which is nice. his name, nice. was a killer. He shows no signs of being a threat to onlookers walking around the pond along shaky boardwalks trying to get quick photos. Formerly, Big Daddy had been known as the Tana Terror by locals because of his attacks on local fishermen and villagers. But his female companions, Sasha and Salma, have brought out his softer side in what was an initially savage captivity. Mm-hmm. One of the oldest and biggest crocs in Africa, estimates vary, but he's thought to be about 120 years old or more. He spends his retirement years breeding and relaxing with his companions at the largest crocodile farm in East breeding. Africa, Mamba Village in Mombasa, Kenya's second largest city. Mm-hmm. The origin of his name is obvious. He weighs more than 1,000 kilograms, 2,205 pounds, and is more than 15 feet long. Damn. It also derives from the character the predator displayed while being captured from his hideout. 
the village of Rakita Kubwa, situated almost 100 miles from Mombasa, rests along the meandering Tana River, one of the longest Kenyan rivers draining its waters into the Indian Ocean. When the river breaks its banks, it floods whole villages and leaves people at the mercy of the blood, bloodthirsty crocodiles. That is terrifying. Yeah, no That's like an entire country being Florida. Yeah, hard nope. No. Mm-hmm. Almost 35 years ago, Big Daddy attacked and killed five people, hmm. including three schoolgirls in a span of four months during late 1987 and early 1988, before he could be subdued, taken captive, and brought to the Mamba village. The private conservation farm raises crocodiles for meat and hides, uh, uh, and hides like the skins, mm-hmm. and is a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. I was going to wonder, like, if he killed this many people and... We know how much he weighs, and we and like he's in the captivity now. Like in the U.S., that he'd animal be put down. would have he'd been be put killed. down. Yep. Even though it's just living its life, it's uh-huh. doing exactly what it's meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Big Daddy is currently blind because of his age. He eats sixty kilograms of meat. Per meal. Of whoa. Oh, per I meal. feel so seen. <laughs> Wet tenders. <laughs> Saucy nugs. I could easily eat 60 kilograms of wet tenders. I mean, yeah. he, they're only fed once a week, so he eats like two goats a week, basically. Uh, quote, That's spectacular nothing. feeding Catch time. Up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Keep up. Uh, only 60 kilograms per meal. Okay. <laughs> Quote, spectacular feeding time for Big Daddy and his two wives is almost is always at 1,700 hours every Friday when the crocodiles could be seen jumping a few meters up from their ponds to get a bite of meat and fish that is left dangling from the top by a farm warden. Mm, fun so job. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. This guy ate five people in like six months, but uh, I'm going to go feed him real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, is his name Joe Exotic? I'm just gonna I, I, dangle some goat in this guy's face. That'd be amazing. Anyway, I'm I'm wishing a long and and fruitful, meatful life mm-hmm. for Big Daddy. And it if of course it's sad that, like you said, he's eaten five people, but also this he's hungry. He's just doing his job. He's, he's just, just a he's, he's just a wild animal. Let exactly. Him live. So I'm actually impressed that he was captured and brought to a conservatory and where he can killed. like live out his life safely and not mm-hmm. kill anybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, more animals, but in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. Now from the goat's perspective. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what the that fuck you was being that? a goat? Yeah. Jesus okay. Christ, that okay. freaks me out. That is Sir. not what a goat sounds like. Sir, My your pants. <laughs> that was me being a goat. As in that Taylor Swift parody music oh. video, ah, never again. It, it was me never being a screaming goat again. while also being fed, oh my God, a, a shirtless tattooed daddy jogging with a stroller just went by my front window. Hello. Welcome home. <laughs> I much prefer that like octogenarian turtle having sex noise to your goat. <laughs> the turtle humping a sneaker is like my favorite video. Lucy does it so well. Do it again. Lucy. <laughs> But 
but also Ghostface is on my desk, so it might have been Ghostface. Classic. All right. <laughs> this next headline. Ukraine hostages released after president agrees to promote Joaquin Phoenix movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is absurd. Okay. <laughs> it's absurd. 13 hostages in Ukraine have been released unharmed after President uh, Volodymyr Voldemort Zelensky nailed it, agreed to the kidnappers' demand that he recommend an animal rights documentary narrated by Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> oh the God. hostage taker was armed with guns and a grenade when he took over a bus, sparking a 12-hour standoff with police. According to local reports, the state security service identified him as 44-year-old Maxime Krivosh, an animal rights activist with a criminal record for gun possession. I'm Maximum crevice. Maximum crevice. <laughs> crevice. In a bizarre twist, one of his demands was that Zelensky promote the 2005 documentary Earthlings, a critique of mankind's use of animals as pets, food, clothing, and entertainment for scientific research. As I'm kissing my cat on the mouth. Yeah, yep. exactly. You, uh, you're going to lose a lot of people with the pets part. Yeah. Yep. The Ukrainian president did so via a six-second clip posted on the presidential <laughs> Facebook page, which was subsequently deleted. Yeah. I can't believe they even put it up. That's yep. so funny. Yep. And that's really it. Uh, some of the comments in here are like, the future will be vegan until all animals are free. Okay. What? And I mean, okay. I support it. Like, I'm, yeah. I support it, but also... I'm not vegan, and I'm not going to be vegan, so I'm sorry. And also, I'm not sorry. I'm not a vegan, but you do you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm glad that there are vegans out there. Mm -hmm. I don't eat red meat anymore. I'm glad that there are vegans out there pushing the movement so Uh that I can also have healthier, more veggie-forward options. Mm -hmm, That doesn't mean that I'm not going to eat any animal product ever here and there. I also just have a lot of, like, leather. Mm. And I really <laughs> love eggs. I also love eggs. And cheese. And honey. Okay. Next headline. I have but two more. have you more. tried Manuka, honey? <laughs> <laughs> I hear it cures diabetes. Okay. <laughs> and almost tech as problems. Well as, almost I- as well as Himalayan salt. Probably. Himalayan salt <laughs> and Manuka, honey. And then I never have to take insulin again. That was sarcasm. Please do not take that as medical advice. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Nor email us. No. This is the most petty thing ever, and I'm obsessed. An Arkansas farmer disguised himself as a woman to sneak into a cemetery and deface the grave of his longtime nemesis with animal carcasses. (laughs) What the fuck? I mean, I don't know how I can make it any more clear. (laughs) So that's really petty. It's it's petty and it's dark and I love it. Tom Petty. Yeah. So (laughs) a farmer in Arkansas was arrested earlier this month, accused of defacing the grave of his former neighbor and longtime nemesis with animal carcasses. Joseph Stroud, 78, disguised himself as a woman when he visited the grave of Fred McKinney in Benton County, Arkansas. Just north of Fayetteville, a probable cause report reviewed by Insider and first reported by KNWA said. 
<laughs> McKinney's granddaughter, <laughs> Shannon Nobles, told the police she started finding the dead animals at the grave in late May. By July, when the family reported the incidents, they found 16 dead animals. Oh, no. Where's he getting the dead animals? Arkansas. He's a farmer. Oh. And it's Arkansas. He's a farmer in Arkansas. He's They're a Farkansas. Okay. He's a farkin- he's as a long as he's not torturing animals. I don't think so. I think it's roadkill and probably okay. whatever, like... He's fine. You have so much leather, farm. you have no leg to stand on. That's yeah, true. That's good. <laughs> uh, quote, at first they thought it was just a coincidence and thought maybe the animals were consuming the fake floral and dying, the probable cause report said. <laughs> when they began finding more dead animals, they realized it wasn't just a coincidence. Someone was placing the dead animals there that purposefully. Is- so, I mean, what, how, why do they hate each other? Do we know? What's the dirt? I don't know the dirt. I, I cold read these. I look at the headline and maybe skim the article. And if the headline makes me laugh, I include it. And then I read it cold when we do the episode. Oh. So there's my process. Oh. I never know. <laughs> oh. The family put cameras up near McKitty's grave with the cemetery's permission and eventually recorded someone walking to the grave wearing a teal windbreaker, a wig, and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. The police identified the person as Stroud. As Robert Durst. As Durst. It's funny that he thought he needed a disguise to go to a cemetery. I don't know. Clearly he did need a disguise. He just needed a better disguise. Anybody dumping animal carcasses at a cemetery should be monitored. Investigated. Yeah. I almost said Instagrammed. (laughs) <laughs> well, that too. That too. For when sure. officers from the Pea Ridge Police Department visited Stroud's home on August 6th, they found a bloodstained towel in his 2018 Dodge Journey. Uh, of course. So he that is exactly Dodge the vehicle that I was picturing. For sure. Stroud was arrested and charged with defacing objects of public respect, a Class B felony, and was later released. He has denied any involvement. Nobles told the police that Stroud and her grandfather shared a land boundary for several mm. years. Mm. Quote, Shannon said Joseph and Fred never got along with each other, and there was even a lawsuit between them where she thought Joseph had lost. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, it was clearly a land dispute mm-hmm. that they had for all Classic. those years. And just couldn't even let this f- nemesis dying. Yep. Couldn't let it go. Can't let it go. Wow. And last but not least, I have our most submitted headline, which honestly could have been a coroner corner one too, but okay. Woman declared dead, found alive inside Detroit funeral home. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think our friend Blortney actually sent this to us too. She did. And, <laughs> and I, I knew like, that you, she's I like, knew- this is my greatest fear. And I was like, this is the best because then I would just scurry away. Yeah. And this is my be declared dead. Uh-huh. Should we create um, like a custom necklace or something for Blortney that says Blortney? Mm hmm. I'm on it. I'm already making friendship bracelets for us. Oh, yes. Blortney. All right. Blortney. So, out of Detroit, a 20-year-old woman who was declared dead by fire officials was found alive inside a Detroit funeral home. Paramedics from the Southfield Fire Department were called to a home Sunday morning for an unresponsive woman. Paramedics realized, oh, God, I just got to... A yawn. It just hit me out of the blue. (laughs) (laughs) Paramedics realized the woman wasn't breathing and tried to revive her. After about 30 minutes, they determined she was deceased. 
Quote, the paramedics performed CPR and other life-reviving methods for 30 minutes. Given medical readings and the condition of the patient, it was determined at that time that she did not have signs of life. The fire department contacted Oakland County Medical Examiner's Office and provided the woman's medical data. This is uh, Fire Department Chief Johnny Menifee said there was no indication of foul play. Quote, the patient was again determined to have expired and the body was released directly to the family to make arrangements with a funeral home of their choosing. So this is actually very common where if EMTs or first responders of any kind are called to a scene and they cannot, like, find signs of life or revive Mm -hmm. a patient, Mm -hmm. they will actually call either a medical examiner's office or, um, like, an ER doctor's line Mm-hmm. And give that information over the phone, and then that doctor can pronounce someone dead remotely over the phone. Oh shit! Cool. So in another in another article that I'd read about this, that that's really that's what happened is they'd made that call and said we've been giving your CPR for a half hour, we can't find any vitals, and then they declare them dead over the phone. Well, bring back bells over yeah. fucking graves. That's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Um, so she's declared dead. She's given back to the family, which like, again, this is basically what happened with my dad, although he wasn't found alive, like to be alive later. But once the first responders determined that he was deceased, he didn't have to be like taken in for an autopsy or anything. Right. He just released the body back to the family and then the family makes arrangements for it to be taken to a funeral home. And my poor mother, she lives down the block. No joke, like, walked the dog by the funeral home yeah. that my dad didn't was taken she, to. Didn't she say she'd just get the wheelbarrow out? She wa- She wishes she had because the ambulance that took him, they charged her almost $1,000 to take it, him, his dead body, one block to the fucking funeral home. That's so, so fucking disgusting. Stupid. Isn't that horrible? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Anyway, Mm -hmm. long story short, hours later, the staff at the James H. Cole funeral home discovered the woman was still breathing. For now, the department is withholding the woman's name and no other information about the woman has been released. Other articles that I saw show uh, indicated that, like, yes, she was found to be breathing at the funeral home, but her mother was immediately contacted and didn't believe that she would survive the night. So I do think that she is deceased. Mm-hmm. I just think she was not deceased at that time. But if you have that information, that is a follow-up that I would appreciate. Whoa. That's fucking wild. Isn't that bonks? I don't usually cover headlines like that because that one's pretty dark. But it was just sent to me so many times that I was like, we got to cover this one. Yeah. But in the future, that's a coroner corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it light and tight for old Mandy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those are my headlines. Well done. Oh, my nice gosh. Thank job. you so much. Wow. Well, let's yeah. hear a quick word from our sponsors. Have you heard, which I know you have, mm-hmm. about this company making stylish, sustainable shoes and bags Super cute bags Mm -hmm. made for life on the go. They are carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. They're doing good. Mm -hmm. It's comfy. Their shoes, their bags. What could go wrong? Absolutely nothing. Kenyon, tell us more. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, you know that we are completely obsessed with Rothy's. Rothy's come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. They are available in a range of styles, 
most of which I have purchased myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have round toad. I have various points. You got the loafer, you got the sneaker, you got the slides, you got the sandals. I, li- I literally do have all of those. I have the sandals. I have all of it. I also have the bags. And the bags that I ordered are actually kind of more like, they're almost like soft boxes. Yes. And I use them for like makeup and perfume and stuff on my like dressing table. Yep, I'm looking at my boxes right now. They hold my various computer cords and headphones, Mm -hmm. but also they're like purse bags. They're Mm -hmm. mini handbag, the saddle bag. I'm obsessed with the saddle bag. Yeah. Anyway, it's also there's only so much we can say in this ad spot. You just have to look at it for yourself. We could start a Rafi's podcast. We literally could. The shoes are seamlessly knit with thread made from plastic water bottles, and they are ultra comfortable. So as soon as you slip them on, you're happy. Your feet are happy. There is zero break-in, period. And Rothy's has kept over 60 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which, again, is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. It's amazing. And you can just throw them in the washing machine when they yeah. start to look a little bit dirty or maybe they st- like smell like feet a little bit. Yeah. It is wild. It's I I wash mine, my Rafi shoes, like probably every two weeks. I got real stinky feet. They come out looking brand new. Brand new. So check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com forward slash gals. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash G-A-L-S. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash gals today and treat your feet. Trade them. Things may have changed around us, but our inner drive to be there for the people we care about runs deeper than ever in these unprecedented times. These trying times. Yes. Um, But seriously, they really do. And uh, I, for example, have a lot of friends that have had babies in the last year or so. Mm -hmm. High, early 30s. And... um, my mom loves shopping for baby clothes, and she was already going to send, like, little care packages of baby clothes to these friends. And I was like, oh, get, you know, extra stuff from me and send it all together. We'll save on shipping because some of these people live out of the country. And she was like, great. So she did that. Then I had to reimburse her for the shipping costs, and I sent her a quick little PayPal. So easy. easy. So our normal has changed and we are all finding new ways to connect and continue supporting one another. So we've started social distancing when we spend time with friends and, you know, try to explore local cuisine, local restaurants. Maybe you can like eat outdoors. You know, we try. We're also doing more to support and advocate for uh, underrepresented communities who try to shop, you know, black-owned restaurants, whatever you can do. 
Mm-hmm. So what we need more than ever is an easy way to support each other from afar, and that easy way is PayPal. It sure is. With the PayPal app, sending and receiving money is faster and also easier. So you can stay connected with the people you love. You can quickly and securely send money to friends and family just about anywhere in the world. So you can also start a money pool to split the bill. Mm. No math. Amazing. Mm. You can go in together on a gift or you can fundraise for a good cause, which is more important than ever, I feel. Mm-hmm. You can also support the places and causes that you care about the most. You can make touch-free QR code payments at your mm. favorite local restaurant or farmer's market. The resurrection of the QR code Love in these it. unprecedented times is amazing. I yeah. am so here for it. You can also donate to a local nonprofit or support a cause from across the country. I know that I've personally done this to a couple of different causes. Mm-hmm. And PayPal just makes it easier. You just get the, you know, the handle of whoever you want to donate to and it's so that's easy. That's all you need. I love it. It is incredible. So PayPal is making it easy to pay safely, quickly, and easily. Download the PayPal app today. Terms and conditions apply. Treat yo financial convenience. Treat it. Time for some coven confessions. Yes. God help us. This, just for the reminder, this started uh, as a game that Lucy's aunt likes to play in uh-huh. mixed crowds. Uh-huh. At family parties. Family Fam- holiday parties. <laughs> So good. Just get people drunk and then put them on the spot in public and make them tell you the worst thing they've ever done. I brought this to the other room. parties and it always goes well. Yeah, it it slaps. It, it without fail, it always goes well. Especially if you are going to a party where you really don't know very many people. Mm-hmm. Like that one friend invited you to that party, but you only know that one friend. I'm reconnecting with someone that I kind of new back in college and have had no contact with since, but they uh-huh. also live in Louisville tomorrow. So I'm going to whip this out. You Absolutely. have to. Yeah. Record it. All right. Well, <laughs> I wrote these a while ago, so I don't remember any of them. Here we go. Well, uh, you I didn't, didn't write, write them, them at all. But I pulled them <laughs> from the email. You curated them. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hey, gals, if you read this, please leave off my name because I plan on continuing to fuck with people in the manner described below. Don't oh, worry. That no. chance. All oh. coven confessions are anonymous. <laughs> oh, God. Unless we receive a subpoena. a subpoena from the police and then we will absolutely give all your information to them. <laughs> we will sing like a canary. Yeah. While I am lucky enough to live in Connecticut, where they are uh, doing a not terrible job of keeping people safe from COVID bullshit, I am unlucky enough to have an anti-masker slash Facebook doctor for a sister-in-law. Oh, no. (laughs) My favorite kind of PhD. Her Facebook wall is 50% conspiracy theories, 
23% false piety and 25% bad photography. Oh my God, I can picture it so clearly. I know so many of these. (laughs) The last 2% is what I am mining for petty, petty revenge. Yes. I love this so much already. (laughs) She and her Facebook friends like to share the names and addresses of restaurants, bars, and social gathering spaces where the management is not requiring people to wear masks or social distance. Oh, good. Report them all to the health department. Mm -hmm. That way they can go enjoy themselves like true patriotic Americans. I'm a patriot. (laughs) And I like to call the state hotline and report these places for violating the governor's executive order around COVID precautions. Fucking good. I also do this in my Mm -hmm. casual free time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You hear me, Driftwood Charbar? I'm coming for you. Whoa. You hear me, tacky country club outside of Louisville that I can't remember the name of right now, but I'm still going to call. Cowboy Slims. (laughs) I haven't been outside in weeks. I don't even know who to report anymore. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I myself work in a restaurant and can sympathize with the people who work in these places. They have to put their lives in danger to pay their bills because Uh assholes like my sister-in-law like to Uh pretend that masks restrict their freedom. Uh No. Uh So do underpants. Yeah, you have to wear a shirt and shoes to go into yeah. a fucking restaurant. A bra. Yeah. Are you yeah. fucking kidding yeah. me? Can yeah. we rail against something else, please? Seriously. Please believe me when I say the rest of our family is horrified and, and embarrassed by her behavior. Oh, we believe you. So we get it. I want to know. So she's a sister-in-law. So did she marry the brother or, yeah. or sister, but probably brother, given the context? Uh, she probably married the brother. That's what uh-huh. I would guess. Well, shame on the brother then. Anyway, so in between making masks and literally washing our entire house, I would just like mm-hmm. to point out to people who are using religion slash freedom as a crutch, mm-hmm. remember to love thy neighbor by putting on a fucking mask. Yup. Preach. Stay safe and report asshole COVID deniers to your local government. Love a petty bitch. Yes, mm. petty bitch. Honestly, yes. not even petty. You're no. you're the true patriot. You're yes. trying to protect your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. River Falls, Wisconsin is truly a nightmare even in the best of times. (laughs) The accuracy, though. Can't agree with you more. We know. (laughs) Nothing has solidified my hatred of Wisconsin more than driving the length of Wisconsin last week. It's really a long (laughs) and like life force draining drive. Mm -hmm. It was Labor Day weekend. Oh, Oh, no. no. So you were in Dell's traffic. Yeah. Yeah, traffic. <laughs> Some parts are beautiful, the rolling hills. Sure. But also like if there's cruising chubbies. If there's no human around for miles. <laughs> Did you see the signs pretty. for cruising chubbies? Yeah. What? It's my favorite. <laughs> Those are the parts of Wisconsin that are beautiful to me. What are cruising chubbies? It's it's a strip club and there are it's like the mm. wall drug of Wisconsin. Like yeah. they start advertising it like 130 miles away. Mm-hmm. It's yes. amazing. That's pretty great. Is it <laughs> so does good. it only employ chubbies? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I've actually never made the the, the stab. <laughs> we have to do a cruise and chubbies live show. Oh yes. <laughs> so we can make it a company. Reason I would go into Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean a lot of hardworking folks have been on that stage and I would be honored to share it. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So a, lot of, a lot of luminaries. Back to this confession. 
But a few years back, my cousin and I, both 19 years old at the time, decided to try our luck at a party with some of her friends who were attending school in the city. Before we left, we made sure to make a pit stop at my parents' house to grab some alcohol, classic, as they were out of town visiting our grandma that weekend. Stack up on Boone's farm while mom's out of town. (laughs) (laughs) We have all done this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being 19 years old and relatively inexperienced with alcohol, we decided to grab the vodka to drink for the night, which seemed like a safe choice. Oh, that's bold. (laughs) That is bold. Oh, no. So with the Costco-sized bottle of Grey Goose in no. hand, which you is like fancy. You bought a $400 bottle yeah, of Yeah, you vodka. robbed them. <laughs> yeah, you owe your parents money. Like, yeah. I stole, like, a shitty old Karkov bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not the same as Amanda stealing free Smirnoff out mm-hmm. of the parents' basement. Yeah, Hawkeye vodka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, We started our road trip from the Twin Cities to River Falls. Once we arrived, we started pre-gaming at her friend's apartment. And in true underage drinking fashion, we pre-gamed extra hard in case we couldn't get any alcohol at the party. Oh, good. (laughs) Been there. The The Grey Goose was kicking in, and we decided to finally hop in the car and head over. And don't worry, we had a responsible DD. Okay, that was my next question. Yeah, yeah. Drug driving, never funny. Mm-hmm. Not, not okay. My cousin and I were in the backseat of the car, and the goose hit her a little too hard. The goose was loose. <laughs> Blame it on the goose. Got you feeling loose. <laughs> so she requested- Blame it on the throne. Got you in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> I so love she- Beethoven. So she requested that we pull over so she could throw up on the side of the road before continuing on to the party. Also been there, Jessica. Jessica held my hair back as I puked on the side of the road. And then we just went to the party. Well, yeah, that's what being not 34 is what is a, it's like. But also, when we were in our late, well, when was it? This was only a few years ago, Kenyon, when we were in Excelsior with Kyle. Oh, my God. Yeah, well. She got plastered. And I was trying to get us an Uber home. And before the Uber even, like, departed the scene with us in it, Kenyon was like, pull over. Yeah. I don't remember that part. I remember skinny dipping. Oh, we went skinny dipping with Kyle. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I won't accept this. Also, Kyle and I were trying to get Kenyon out of Haskell's. And she was just having a really fun time screaming and like bystanders. Well, and Kyle was holding her and bystanders were like, are you okay? Is he hurting you? (laughs) And And she she goes, goes, he's "He's my my brother. brother. He's my brother. It's fine. And I was like, my brother. She's fine. (laughs) Newsflash. I don't have a brother. (laughs) But I was fine. That was the best night of my life. Okay. That was pretty fun. So I had to get out of the car to let her out. So she and I were standing on the curb while she was throwing up next to the car. Suddenly, we see blue and red flashing lights right behind us. Oh, classic. Before I could even process what was going on, the car we were in had sped off. And my cousin was sprinting away about 50 <gasps> yards ahead of me. So she's in the middle. They just left them on the side of the road. Everybody bounced. 
Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> the cousin is the one that was throwing up, but she sees the lights and she rallies and she runs. Oh, yep. you run. I mean, obey the law. <laughs> I, I kicked it into high gear right behind her. We ended up making our way into a residential neighborhood. We eventually found a place to hide right beside the right on the side of some poor unsuspecting person's house wedged between their HVAC unit and bushes. Oh my God. (laughs) There's nothing like being 19. Yeah. (laughs) Fortunately. There's really no saying how long we were holed up there, but I would guess that it was at least 20 minutes. My cousin continuing to throw up the entire time. My Lord. (laughs) We started to get a bit cocky, feeling like we were about to get away. But seeing as my cousin had just recently dyed her hair bright Ronald McDonald red. Oh, honey, no. She's a beacon. (laughs) Hiding wasn't as easy as we thought. Yeah. Before we knew it, eight, yes, eight police officers were closing in on us. Oh, Ugh, cops no. are so fucking bored and dumb. <laughs> in one final attempt at freedom, my cousin screamed, run, and took off again. But there was nowhere to go. <laughs> oh, no. We got placed in the back of a squad car and started heading towards the station. They took down our information and got our mug shots. At that point, we were <laughs> Sweaty, crying, and covered in dirt and sticks. Oh, no, sticks. my God. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I just see it so perfectly. My cousin continued to throw up in the garbage can in the police officer's office. Stopping. Good. Oh, no. Good girl. Stopping every once Get in a while. Get it all out, honey. Stopping every once in a while to answer his questions with her head deep in the bin. (laughs) Good Lord. Eventually, all of our info was processed, and then the police officer asked if we had a ride home. So he watched. Probably not. He watched as we climbed into the exact same car that had sped away a few hours earlier because it's still a DD. Oh my God. (laughs) Did they pull that person over? Well, that person probably sped away because they were also underage. And even though they weren't drinking, they they didn't want to be like associated. You know, they could have also gotten in trouble. Right. Well, did the. Did was that same sober driver picking them up then? Yes. Yeah, that's what it seems oh like. Oh my god. <laughs> we went straight to her friend's apartment and just went to bed. The next day on our way home, we decided that we would keep it a secret until we knew what our punishment would end up being. Yeah. No one but our friends would know about this for now. Since we both had our parents' addresses on our IDs, that meant that we had to go home every day to try to intercept our court summons oh, from the mail I've carrier. <laughs> God. Been there, yeah. Before our parents but also, could see like, them, report cards. Yeah. So, somehow we pulled that off, and once again we got a little cocky. Mm-hmm. The universe put us right back in our place. Oh no! The following week, the next edition of the local River Falls newspaper was released. Yes, You're in the yes, blotter. Yes, 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 in yes, the, yes. In the police blotter section, knew it. They wrote an ex. Extensive review of all of our <laughs> festivities that night. 
I want oh, to be no. the blotter person at a local newspaper. Dream so job. Seriously, bad. it'd be such a good job. So much fun. It would also make a really funny, like, little indie comedy TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making sure to include the fact that my cousin literally didn't stop puking the entire time. Oh, <laughs> my God. The article quickly found its way to her older brother, who must have put it all together, and spread around the entire family not long after. <laughs> In the end, nothing really bad happened. We had to pay a small fine and go to a responsible consumption class back in River Falls. Yuck. Uh-huh. And then the event was wiped from our records, which also, like, this is funny and this is great. And honestly, like, this is how interactions with police are supposed to go. Maybe not yeah. eight officers, but, like, Kids being dumbasses, yes, breaking the law, but also being dumbasses and this young. This could have escalated. Yeah. If And I don't know the, the people's race, but I am assuming. Right. They made it through this unscathed. They're probably white. Yeah. And the thing is that young people of color aren't afforded the same privileges and are Correct. treated differently. And this could have ended in death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, I feel like they have to be white if they ran from the fucking cops and they didn't get a bullet in their back. Right? That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. So, anyway, lesson learned, don't go to River Falls, Wisconsin for literally any reason ever. (laughs) Also, defund the police. and Chubby's billboards. And the writer ends with, also, defund the police. Eight cops chasing after us? Really? Yeah, Yeah, you're bored. Seriously. They're so bored. All right. So, next one. This one is also about underage drinking, but it's a different sort. I'm glad we've got a theme. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Quote, I am currently listening, like literally listening as I type this, to this month's uh, August GAC, and something you guys were discussing reminded me of a quick and funny and reasonably gross story from when I was probably three or four years old. Uh, That's really underage drinking. Yeah, I told you, it was of a different sort. Oh, God. My parents took me to a party with some of their friends, and most people were drinking beer. Everybody was throwing their empty cans into the fire pit, and it was becoming a relatively large pile. Not a, like, live fire pit, I think. Just, like, an burning Well, someone's going to have to dig those out. No, I I feel like the fire wasn't going, and there was, like, a pit. And they were no, throwing- I know, but someone's gonna have to dig those dirty cans out of there. You can't uh-huh. just burn aluminum like that. Uh, well, right. well, somebody did dig them out, and we will get to it. Oh, <laughs> a four-year-old, I believe. <laughs> yes. After a while, someone came up to my parents and told them that I was over there taking empty cans off the pile and drinking the last little sip of beer that was left at the bottom of each can. Oh, oh my no! God. <laughs> this is so Amanda. I know. Yeah. I fully did shit like this. <laughs> I have no idea how many cans I actually went through, but it was probably a decent amount. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, my parents rushed over and scooped me up, but everyone thought it was hilarious, and it absolutely is a story they still love to tell today. I'm 26. (laughs) I mean, in fairness, when I was younger, I always associated that smell of, like, just beer, like dad beer with, Mm -hmm. like, my grandpa. Totally. Same with, like... Uh, what did he smoke? Marlboro Reds, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a Polaroid like- of me at the beach in New Jersey, like at, at the old family house. 
mm-hmm. on the deck drinking out of a beer can. And I couldn't yeah. have been more than five, maybe six. But for, like, just thinking back to my childhood, like, I do have a positive association with the smell of beer just because mm-hmm. of, like, the men and my family. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see that. I still love cigars and, like, pipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because From my poppy. grandpa. Yeah, poppy. Okay, I myself don't remember doing this, but I do remember when I was older always taking the last sip of my dad's beer when mm-hmm. he would ask me to throw his empty one away and get him another Something about that last little sip just tasted so good to me. Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. The, 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 what do they call it when you get spit in it? Backwash? The backwash. Little back, the little backwash sip. It her, tastes like dad. Her immune system is probably stellar. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. All right. Next one. This is the story of a rather unique heist. Ooh. Quote, first let me say I love all three of you. Thank you for being you and making me laugh and brightening my days. Oh, you're very welcome. Aw. So here's my coven confession. This is the worst thing I've ever done and gotten away with. <laughs> not not the worst thing they've ever done. But, but gotten away with. I like that <laughs> qualifier. <laughs> so names won't be used just in case. My two high school best friends and I were bored one night in rural Washington. My friend A, like number one, now nicknamed Pumpkin, and you will see why. Oh, no. Took us on a late-night cruise to smoke some weed out in the boonies before it was legalized. That sounds amazing. Friend A noticed we were by her dad's friend's house, who was a farmer. She drove us up to the top of a hill and turned on her brights for a surprise. Pumpkins. (gasps) So many pumpkins. pumpkins. (laughs) We decided in about half a second that we needed some. (laughs) Friend A drove a Ford Explorer with ample cargo space, and we drove down our side road and got to work. Friend B, her nickname was Coco Puff. She loved Coco Puffs. We're not a creative bunch. (laughs) Had a pocket knife and was cutting all the stems while friend A and I were making trips to load up the Explorer and then ran back for more of the orange loot. What are you doing with all those pumpkins? Once the Explorer was full to the brim. No. Jesus. We stuffed more pumpkins in the back seat next to both of us. I Oh, I never got shotgun. We had probably 40 to 60 pumpkins. It was oh wild to see. <laughs> but were they choosing these pumpkins the way that you do at a pumpkin patch in normal times when you're like, mm, that one has a blemish, not, not good, I not good enough. I think they were going for speed and that quantity. That one's too yellow. Yep, not quality. Yeah. Mm. I could spend hours at a pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. Same. Like and beauty, have. It's like so a beauty excited. pageant. Oh, spooky season's coming. It's here. Yeah, but it's been here since August. Have fun going to a pumpkin patch. Okay, okay I will. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that so it's, threatening? Are I they don't even understand. open? It's, it's outdoors and I'll wear a mask. I guess. <laughs> okay. So I just I just have fun going to a pumpkin. I just assume that everything is canceled. Who's not going to be nicknamed Pumpkin? You bitch. Okay, Cocoa Puff. My mother-in-law texted me this morning asking if we had plans for Christmas Eve, and I was like, "No, do you (laughs) staying in my house? (laughs) Everything is canceled. Mm -hmm. Holiday cheer canceled." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to decorate like a motherfucker, but yeah. 
<laughs> you have so many Santas. I have like six bins of Christmas decorations. That's alarming. All right. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so we were so high on adrenaline feeling alive after this pumpkin patch heist. I now feel bad for the farmer's loss of profits, but we were 17, so this was not a concern. No. <laughs> on the way home, about 40 minutes from the scene of the crime, friend A took a last-minute exit on the highway to stop for Taco Bell and yes. forgot to blinker. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I've never heard blinker as a verb. I Me like that. either. Yeah, forgot to signal. Of course, we got pulled over. We were panicking. And when Full the stolen goods. <laughs> and when the sheriff walked up, he immediately asked about the pumpkins. No yeah. shit. <laughs> Friend A simply said, my dad knows a farmer. And the sheriff just dropped it. Oh, uh, okay. Again, defund the police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... He said, the sheriff remind them to use the blinkers from now on and let us go. Of course, we thought the cops would come back to arrest us for the pumpkins once they connected us to the crime. So we started handing out pumpkins to anyone and everyone walking the streets <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> oh, my God. Should you be so lucky? Oh, my God. We You're got a pumpkin rid of- fairy. <laughs> we <laughs> we got rid of most of the pumpkins. We disposed of the rest at our friend C's house, who was not involved in any of this. Friend C woke up the next day and was so confused. Just <laughs> hundreds of pumpkins in their yard. <laughs> they got pumped. This reminds pumped. me of when we were at our ten year high school reunion, and then we were walking back to our sober friend's car to get a ride back to our house and Amanda was just picking up you had a traffic cone <laughs> you had a valet ticket yeah, from one I of the restaurants a valet ticket so someone you took probably a, you never took a roll of silverware you took a random chunk of metal and then <laughs> you did. just left all of it at my parents house and i had a plate from the boat cruise for our reunion shoved into my Spanx. Yes, yes. You that did take a That I still a have, though. Yep. I eat off of it regularly. Yep. <laughs> and then the next day, my mom walks outside and sees all this debris. She <laughs> a thought, lead pipe. <laughs> she thought the pipe fell out of an airplane. And she didn't, she didn't even mention it to me. That's how confused she was. She was like, I cannot believe that this just fell out of an airplane. See, I, I gave like, her a good story. <laughs> oh, no. How much... How many of those stories of like people finding shit in their yards that they thought fell out of airplanes do you think is just drunken people leaving it in their I yards? I think 90% of like, them are a, just me. A solid 90%. Yeah, are literally me, my fault, because I get sticky fingers when I'm hammered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About pretty innocuous items, but uh, my fingers do get sticky. One to annoy a bunch of valets, though. <laughs> One time when Zach was, well, I shouldn't be selling this, but whatever. One time when Zach was <laughs> underage drinking in in high school, <laughs> the next day, his dad like went into his room to wake him up, and his entire bedroom was covered in massive construction cones. Yes, like they like he's like not like it must have taken like multiple trips to uh-huh. bring all the cones up to the stairs to his bedroom. Uh-huh. Probably. Ken- Kenny's yep. like, "Ah." <laughs> Kenny was like, "Uh. Did you have a good night?" <laughs> okay, 
Next one. Quote, while not necessarily a confession and not even the most embarrassing thing I've done, oh. this story does involve a corpse. Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yes, 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 yes. In my freshman year of college, my roommate's grandma died and I was planning on going to the wake for support. <laughs> I, I didn't know her grandma, but I had seen a photo and this plays a key role in helping me realize my mistake. Uh-oh. My roommate sent me the address of the church where they were having the wake. But instead of clicking on the address and letting my phone open it through Google Maps, I typed the name of the church into Apple Maps. When I got to the church, there were no signs or photo boards to guide me, but I just followed the somber music to a crowd of mingling people. They, oh went, to God. The, they went to the wrong funeral. Wrong funeral. Yeah. Wrong wake. <laughs> I peered in. I've made a huge miswake. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. This is a waking nightmare. <laughs> this party's no fun. <laughs> I peered in, not immediately seeing my roommate or her parents. Not a red flag, but at least a yellow one. Yeah. <laughs> a man saw me awkwardly lingering outside the room and asked who I was here for. I said, Lauren Sandberg, her granddaughter. The man cheerfully said, hmm, I don't know her, but come on in. <laughs> it's a trap. I realized it was definitely not good that this man did not recognize the name of the dead woman's granddaughter, which was also her last name. Uh. <laughs> but I didn't know how else to respond than to go in, which is a thousand percent what I would have oh, done in that I moment. I would have just gone with the flow. <laughs> yep. <I know>. Yeah. <laughs> Still not seeing my roommate or her parents, this wasn't looking good. I definitely didn't want to talk to anyone, but standing alone at a wake was maybe even more awkward. Oh no! I'm just helping myself to coffee and bars. Yeah. Oh, they've got the good rolls. Getting to know everybody there. (laughs) (laughs) I would get myself invited to someone's wedding by the time that shit was over. They splurged for the heavy duty paper plates. Oh. Oh. (laughs) The good punch. I I looked over to the back wall. To my horror, the woman in the casket had brown curly hair, not straight gray hair like my roommate's grandma per the photo. (laughs) It was the wrong dead woman and I was at the wrong wake. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Was it my fault or was it stupid that there were two churches in Buffalo with the same name, both holding wakes? I think the former, but feel free to disagree. I disagree. I eventually made they it. They have to, no way to know. I blame the dead woman, honestly. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely Sandberg's fault. Uh-huh. Yeah. I eventually made it to the right wake, and my roommate said she was glad I made it. I told her that I'd actually hit up another wake on my way there. She said, whatever floats your boat. No, I just added that. <laughs> I we should it, crash funerals. Yeah. Well, no one would know. Free snacks. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Will Farrell would know. I thought about how a few people must have noticed a girl walk into the room, pay her respects to no one, (laughs) glance at the body, and then dip the fuck out. Glance? (laughs) 
glance at the box <laughs> and dip the fuck out. It's so good. <laughs> I hope she died of old age and not murder because I would have looked like the prime suspect. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> Moving on. They always revisit the scene. They do. They do. They try to help. Oh, my God, that's fucking funny. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this story of how I may have contributed to some gossip at the corpse cart. Yeah. <laughs> Literal. Okay. I love that so much. Glance at the bodies <laughs> and dip. <laughs> okay. I feel for her. This next one's my absolute favorite for some reason. Okay. For some reason. Quote, so um, I have asthma. That is the worst thing you've ever done. (laughs) So when I was like 21, my sister was braiding my hair. Her and her crazy friend decided to light a blunt and constantly (laughs) pass it back and forth over my head, like as they're braiding. Uh I got annoyed and faked an asthma attack. Oh, no. They freaked out and put the blunt out and were running around the house looking for my pump. (laughs) <laughs> I had to pretend to get better because they were about to call 911. Hashtag acting, LOL. <laughs> I honestly didn't mind her smoking, but smoke or- odors tend to stick to hair. And I didn't want those problems. That's fair. That's super fair. Now I'm 38 and my sister still doesn't know that I earned an Academy Award that day. Yeah. (laughs) And those are the confessions this month. Oh, God bless. That's cute. Cute. These were amazing. I love Coven confessions. (laughs) Me too. Oh, God. Keep them coming. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. All right, let's take another quick break for our sponsors. So I saw one leaf fall on the ground yesterday. No. So that can only mean one thing. Fall is finally coming. (laughs) It's been a long summer. Yeah. yeah. Your girl likes sweaters and leggings and not shorts. I'm so (laughs) ready. (laughs) So it's time to get your... Booties ready for the spookiest time of year with the softest undies to grace your uh, bottom. Your booty. Your bottom. <laughs> MeUndies knows exactly how to celebrate a season with the coolest prints and colors and the softest undies known to man or woman, or neither or both. They mm. want you to be comfortable to express yourself every day and in every way. Yeah. So, me undies, incredible. Their undies grow on trees. Seriously. <laughs> they are made from irresistibly soft natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees. And you know what natural fibers mean? Mm-hmm. That their micromodal is not only super soft, but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. That is some serious comfort. I can attest. I feel like my butt's being cradled by like... Mm. Just Angel's like wings. A, a heavenly hammock. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
So everything Me Undies does is to help you feel truly comfortable from head to toe, from outside to in. Never run out of undies with the Me Undies membership, a subscription that sends new pairs right to your door. Plus, you can get site-wide savings and exclusive sales. This is what I have. Mm-hmm. There is almost nothing better than having a full underwear drawer full of beautiful, fun, comfy, soft underwear. And they come in like different cuts. So maybe one day you're like, you know what? I'm feeling that high-waisted. Yeah. And then you're like, ooh, I'm feeling those booty shorts. Ooh, I'm feeling, you know, whatever. It's self-expression, honestly. (laughs) And keep your eyes peeled for their spooky, cool Halloween prints. If I recall from last year's Halloween prints, they were... Fun. Mm-hmm. Also, they, just every they get season, Halloween. They're, oh, they're just fun. So, MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get fifteen percent off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer because they have a one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. I will personally back that as mm-hmm. well. Hmm. So, it's, yeah, they're they're they cozy. So to get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's MeUndies.com slash gals. Treat your boo <laughs> Treat it. Getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or even losing weight necessarily or like some kind of arbitrary magic number on a scale. Mm -hmm. Getting in shape is about building healthier habits and just feeling better about yourself. So if for you fitting into that favorite pair of jeans is your goal, then great. But there are many reasons you might want to practice self-care and every person is different. So for example, like just moving your body more releases endorphins and it's really important right now to find those kind of like small joys where you can when some of our you know regular hobbies and interests aren't super available so uh i find with noom it's it's easier to kind of get those endorphins going And also just like the motivation to get those endorphins going because Mm -hmm. I know from, well, A, working at home, which I've been doing for a number of years now, but also the fact that I can't really get out and do normal activities. It's Mm -hmm. so important to stay on track with your diet, first of all, because it is real easy to just order takeout for every single meal for an entire week. Yep. For an entire month. And also just getting moving requires intentionality at this point because mm-hmm. it's really easy to also just sit on the couch all day and work on your laptop and then you're like, oh, why do my legs hurt? Oh, wait, it's because I haven't moved them for 48 hours. Yeah. Oh, I guess I've had 17 steps today. Exactly. So not only is it important just for your physicality um, you know, better self-care, feeling more confident in your clothing, having more energy, but also 
for your psychology mm-hmm. because that directly feeds into what you are eating, what you're consuming, like how much how much activity you're getting. And that is why Noom is really important for me personally to kind of have on hand as sort of a my own little personal cheerleader just to remind me that those things are just as important as getting work done on my computer sitting on the yeah. couch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Noom is based in psychology. It teaches you why you do the things that you do and it empowers you with the tools that you need to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones. And if you know me and my segment on this show, I'm all about that psychology. I'm all about the why. Mm-hmm. So I really like these lessons, these really pretty, easy to understand, like beautiful interface sort of lessons that Noom teaches you every day. Mm-hmm. I think they're really cool. And Noom also has one of the biggest and most accurate food databases available that lets you track meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. So like calorie density who knew that was a thing mm-hmm. it super is mm-hmm. it'll and that's, get you that's one of those things that noom has taught me that i've really like it's it's sunk in and now i'm making better dietary changes that you know you're not going to lose 10 pounds in a week but no. also that that shouldn't be the goal and mm. this is this will help you make more longer lasting changes mm-hmm So you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com forward slash gals to start your trial today. That is N-O-O-M dot com forward slash gals. Treat your lifestyle. Treat it. So it is really easy to feel like your skin goals are unattainable because I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm constantly bombarded with like free samples and like, oh, switch to this time and this set yeah. and like this and this and that. My skin care routine switches up so regularly just because mm-hmm. I'm constantly trying new things and honestly mm-hmm. not giving anything a lot of time to really like settle in. And at first, it's like, I don't know, is it purging? Is this good or is this terrible? Yeah, like a lot of the times with those different products, I just go by what smells the best. And that's <laughs> probably not great. Oh. So thankfully, we have found Curology. You guys. Um, you guys know that skincare is a passion of mine. And Literally. real talk, I've been having a really hard time because I went off the pill. This is probably TMI and have had some issues with my skin since doing also, that. Also, like an international move. A lot of stress. Like, different, cl- different climates. Like your skin has been put through the ringer. It really has. And I, it's been upsetting And so I've been dealing with a lot of acne. I've also been dealing with dark spots, um, you know, from, you know, sun damage and and what have you. Um, And wrinkles because 30s. Yeah, that too. Thanks for that reminder. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But Curology has saved the day. 
So whether you're trying to take care of acne, fine lines, dark spots, or clogged pores, Curology will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. They specify it to you. It's basically like going to a dermatologist, but like having that in a bottle at your fingertips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to get your treatment plan, start by answering questions online about your skin and sending in a couple selfies to Curology. Next, Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And if it's a good fit, you will get a customized prescription cream to address your unique skin concerns. And you guys, my <laughs> Curology treatment plan has completely revolutionized my life. I It's wild. I am so thankful. It's incredible. Please run, don't walk, do this. <laughs> so, Curology sets you up with a personalized treatment plan and then it ships your custom formula right to your door. Just do it. It's amazing. Please. Yeah. You got that wash for like in the shower, whatever. Mm -hmm. You have a beautiful moisturizer. What I love most about that moisturizer is that it, you can tell that it is moisturizing, but mm -hmm. it doesn't just lay on your skin. It's gentle, but it's effective. I've never had these kinds of results with just those like good smelling like samples. You know what I mean? I these want are to sing it from the rooftops. <laughs> I really do, too. It feels so good. So get a powerful skincare treatment made for you today. Go to Curology.com slash gals for a free 30-day trial. You just pay for the shipping and handling. That is Curology, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash G-A-L-S to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology.com for all the details, but really treat your skin. Do it. Okay, we're back. So this is a little bit of a departure from my normal content, this first part, but I thought it was really cool. And I want to share it because it is an excellent, important, desperately overlooked cause illustrated in a really unique and poignant and beautiful and disturbing and sad and kind of scary and kind of ooh, like it's sad, but it's poignant. It's nice. It has to be oh. talked about. Okay. I want to read a few excerpts from a book of poetry hmm. recently released from Cynthia Cena Palayo called Into the Forest and the Way Through. It's published by Beverly Bambury. Oh. And it's a crossover between horror and true crime. According to the press release, it is a sobering look at missing and murdered women of color whose oh. stories often go ignored, their killers never held to account, and it's a searing call to arms to examine these wounds. Mm -hmm. um, not all of these uh, victims are women of color, but I would say the majority of them are. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. I'm also not a professional poetry reader, so this is a sort of... What? Are, are there? <laughs> are there I think those? so. Maybe. Okay. I feel like my English professors were. I don't know. They always You'll made it do sound just really nice. fine. Okay. This one's called Questions Are Not Answers. 
The vehicle was processed, but no indication of a crime was found. Isn't the crime that the car was found across town from where this young mother lived? Isn't the crime that a young mother left her house to visit her son who was staying with his father only a few blocks away and did not return and has never been seen? Now those three children know the way of questions and the emptiness of answers and the disappointment that when the doorbell rings or when the phone vibrates in their hand, it is never their mother. So this, uh, the victim's name is Nicole Ray Torres. She was missing from Denver, Colorado. She's Hispanic. She was 27 at the age of her, at her disappearance. She's been missing since 2006. And the investigating agency is the Denver Police Department. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody is missing, then yeah. that's, that there's already a possibility of a crime. Uh-huh. No shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Grown adult parents generally uh-huh. don't just run away. Like, right. like, sure, like some people just choose to disappear, and we hear those stories. Yeah. But you have such, autonomy, but it's such a small fraction of people, and the poss it, that the possibility that there is foul play is so much greater than the possibility of somebody just abandoning their life. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the next one. It's called Your Face is Unrecognizable. Ugh, this is a tough one. Found five days after she died floating in a drainage ditch behind a department store, did anyone shopping for shoes or shirts or newborn baby clothes or socks No feet away, water full of disuse, cradled the nude body of a woman wrapped in tarpaulin, covered in white paint? Gagged and bound with antenna wire, which wrapped around her neck, waist, and knees, swimming in waste, death by suffocation. The only thing on her body were silver circlet earrings, which were unable to ward away the monster that killed her. Oh, God. So we don't know this person's name. Uh, Her remains were found in East Haven, Connecticut. She was white. She was between the ages of 18 and 28 when she disappeared. She was discovered in 1975. Her case is still unsolved. And the New Haven Police Department is uh, investigating it, however coldly. It's a a very cold case, so Uh they probably... But it's so violent, and it's just like it is. Uh, this is one of those cases where like someone knows something. Uh-huh. Yep. She was found behind a fucking department store covered in paint. Like, uh-huh. so- there's a story there. Oh yeah. Here's another one. This one's called "Slept Away." Sleepovers of little girls include giggles into the night, and in through that night, did someone remove the screen, cut, and place there for protection? Ugh. Carrying you out into another world beyond your home and beyond your repair, leaving your sleepover friend and your family to stand there stunned, remnants of the frame just feet away from your house, and no one hearing the wickedness that prowled your perimeter that night. Oof. I know so, about this case. I'm sure it happens a lot. But yeah. um, this victim's name was Beverly Ann Ward. She went missing from Junction City, Kansas. She was is black. She was 13 years old at the age of disappearance, and she's been missing since 1978. Oof. And the investigating agency is the Junction City Police Department. 
Mm-hmm. Ugh. So I only have two more. And yes, they're all sad, but I just feel like this is important. Mm-hmm. So this one is called Messaging You. I am on my way. I will see you soon. I'm taking the bus. I am on the bus. I just got off, or sorry, I got off the bus. Walking. Almost there I am. Oh, no. So this victim's name was Lachey Monet Nicole Dungy, and she's missing from Columbus, Ohio. She's black. She was 19 when she disappeared and has been missing since 2018. And the investigating agency is Columbus, the Columbus Division of Police. And the last one I'm going to read is the most poignant, I think. It's just really, ugh, ugh. This was the most disturbing one to me. Okay. It's called The Trust of Friends. You hear me, Loretta? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He told the girl he was holding against her will. She entered my business and never came out. Was that you? Your friend told you he was hiring a small paint supply and carpentry business on Iroquois. When you left home that night, you told your brother, if I don't come back, come and look for me. Oh, no. You were last seen. He, however, was seen and known for violence, verbal and physical threats of rape, charged with kidnapping, stalking, possession. He is uncooperative when your name is mentioned. He has a lawyer. Your friend, the one who took you to him, who told you he would give you a job, she too has obtained a lawyer. She too remains silent. Some friends opened the doors to our exit. Oh my God. So Ugh. this victim's name is Hong Lee. She's missing from St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm. Uh, she's Asian. She disappeared at age 17. She's been missing since 1993. And this is being investigated by the St. Paul Police Department. So obviously the issue of missing and murdered women, in particular women of color, is a very, very real problem mm-hmm. in our society. Um, and I think that this book is a way to... Maybe not, well, honor the victims, but if nothing else, just acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge that this happened and kind of paint their ugh, disappearances in a way that are appealing and beautiful and that maybe it might kind of ca- it might kind of trigger a thought in some people's minds of like, right. oh, wait, I do have... I right, do recognize what you said, this. Like, someone does know something. Someone and a lot of times these cases can hinge on like the weirdest, most seemingly mm-hmm. innocuous detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I just, I really, you don't think is relevant and it actually really is. Well, it's I really also ap- a really, like you said, poignant way. I mean, there's something, there's something about poetry that instead of being like, well, a 17 year old Asian woman went missing after a, you know, applying for a job or whatever. I'm probably mixing them up. I've had a bottle of wine, but you know what I mean? Well, she was 17 and she went to apply for a job and she never came out. So yes, you're right. I nailed it. Okay. So there's something more poignant about reading a poem and it sticking in your mind like that and like putting yourself in the shoes of the victim and putting yourself in the shoes of the, of their loved ones Mm -hmm. and the context and like what they were doing that day. I mean, it's really, it is more effective than just 
demographic information. Yep. Right. It, it humanizes the whole case in a way mm-hmm. that just reading a black and white piece of paper about the facts of or like the evidence of a case mm-hmm. never can. Mm-hmm. And I think that this not only gets people to read it and and think about these cases and think about this issue but also for like I said for those people who may have been close to it without even knowing like oh shit that sounds yeah. familiar you know or like yeah. oh I know a creep who you know I went to a weird job interview and felt uncomfortable and left early yep yep you know yep so basically I'm highly recommending this book it's gorgeous i've read all of the poems these are just kind of the one and i will say that like a lot of the poems kind of they all just have a different vibe which i guess shouldn't be unexpected because they are all based on different individuals with different lives Mm -hmm. um but it was it was really cool to read and uh i highly recommend it so you can find this book it's by cynthia palayo um, on Amazon. And again, it's called Into the Forest and the Way Through. Cynthia Palayo, highly recommend. It's, 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 it is as beautiful as it is disturbing. And uh-huh. I think that that's kind of a, a, a hard crossroad to, to kind of pass and conquer. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's not like anything I've ever seen before. Well, I will so. definitely be checking this out because yeah. that, yep. that does, I mean, we have a true crime comedy podcast, which is a fine, fine line to walk as is, and we don't always get it right. But at the end of the day, you do have to remember that like there, there are victims and there this, are it's humanity. Yeah. People are deeply affected and there are a lot of people out there that still need answers. And if, yeah. if anything that brings attention to that is good. Mm-hmm. And we deliver our content through like kind of a comedic lens, Uh which isn't for everybody. But at the end of the day, I think it is important that people are still made aware of this regardless of the delivery for the most Uh part. Uh And I think that this book of poetry is just a really beautiful, a really beautiful way of um, bringing attention to these women's cases. Uh Uh I love it. Yeah. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Yeah. And just to end us on a little bit of a lighter note, I will close us out with an obituary that approximately 6,000 people sent in. Yep. <laughs> and I did not have the strength or the willpower to list everybody's names or, frankly, the time. Lord, that's give how me I the have, strength. That's how I've gotten about GAC submissions yeah. for me, too. You know who like, you are. Yeah. For the, yeah. For the six that I did, I went through... 270 emails. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I Which just is can't. great. It's amazing. It makes me so happy, but I also, mm-hmm. I, I I was starting to get to the point where it's like, I know that I'm missing people who sent me this and I feel bad about missing those people, so I just have to choose yeah. not to list the names. I just can't if, keep up with if it. If more than one person sends me the same article, I can't, I'm sorry. I <laughs> Amanda's limit is 200. Lucy's limit is two. 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 (laughs) 270. Well, also, like, when it rains, it pours, you know? Like, every once in a while, you get a gem that's just from one person. Mm -hmm. And then 95% of the time, it's something that went viral that, like, 600 people sent you. Mm Yeah. 
So anyway, we love it. We love it. Please don't please don't stop sending us things, but you know, you can't expect like an individual shout out is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is an obituary. Um, thank you to everyone who sent it in because it really is incredible and I'm obsessed with it. It's short but sweet. And there is a photo of the actual obit on the drive, which will be on the blog if you want a photo accompaniment. <laughs> Holly Blair exploded into glitter and bats on August 17th, 2020. <laughs> right? Love her. Goals. She is survived by four spoiled cats, two stinky dogs, three bad birds, a turtle, and an utterly useless frog named and Fred. And a partridge in a pear tree. Right? <laughs> as well as three children and a husband of little to no importance. <laughs> I like that she starts with her cats, dogs, birds, turtle, frog, and then gets to the children and husband. Mm-hmm. Her remains will be interred under a tree with the ridiculous multitude of animals she rescued, both wild and domestic. Her future plans include drinking beer with Terry Pratchett and flying across the moon on her broomstick on Halloween. Yes. Nice. She has has also promised to communicate with us from beyond via the cockatiel psyche. I don't know what that means. Probably one of her pets is a cockatiel. Probably. Well, she would have mentioned that. Or she wanted to be reincarnated as a cockatiel. Maybe Maybe. the cockatiel is one of the three bad birds. There you go. I'm Googling it. Cockatiel psyche. I might go with cocktail psyche. It just pulls up this article. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we ask that everyone carve extra jack-o'-lanterns, which shouldn't be a problem for one of Kenyon's <laughs> coven confession people. <laughs> um, on Halloween this year, in her honor, all hail the wicked witch of Juniper Road. <laughs> oh, cute. I love it. Holly, rest in peace. I know you fucking will. Oh, this mm-hmm. was an amazing obituary, especially for like fall. I want a good obituary, and I know that mm-hmm. you both will deliver that for me. We got you, girl. We got yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wow. if I get terminally ill before you do, I will preemptively help you write your obituary. Oh mm-hmm. my god, ditto. Thank yeah. you. We'll take care of each other. Okay. Oh, we're That's such what good friends, friends are for. That's All right. what friends are for. <laughs> And just a quick reminder, our special thanks have moved to monthly mega lists, mm-hmm. which are super fun because they are very candid and we mm. get very fucked up. Mm-hmm. And now that I've gotten the memo that apparently THC is a thing. TLC? THC. Remember mm. last special thanks? Everyone was high except me. I sure Correct. do. And it really Correct. made it really fun. Yeah, so if you want to listen to us get high and read off a bunch of lists and make really bad jokes, yep. <laughs> it's actually you really know fun. Where to find us, and yeah, those are yeah. uh, those are a Patreon exclusive. Mm-hmm. I All love right. it. Okay, well, thanks for joining us this month, and uh, we'll see you next month. You know it. Mm. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Cheers!